The NBA will now allow vaccinated players to return as soon as six days after a positive test. They've got to produce negative tests uh, to come back as soon as six days. It had been a minimum of 10 days after a positive test, no matter your symptoms or uh, negative tests coming back. But now that has been cut down to six, which, you know, could effectively save guys a couple of games when they go out after testing positive for covid this going to be a key to getting through the season, bringing these guys back as soon as possible? Yeah, I want to ask you, I'm going to turn on you and ask you something because we saw what the CDC did yesterday. Are you okay with all of this in terms of vaccinated folks, the quarantine now being, what, cut in half, I think, Yeah. from the CDC, and now you're getting sports leagues with vaccinated players bringing them back sooner? I don't know. I Feel mean, uncomfortable I, with it? I think so. Okay. I'm a sports radio talk host. Yeah, I get, but I get it. From everything that I've read or heard so far, the Omicron variant is, while it's being passed around very at a rapid rate, as yes. we've seen, it's much less dangerous and significantly if, less dangerous for people that are vaccinated and have the booster shot right. as well. Like right. the odds of you getting right. contracting it, getting sick, dying, go down significantly when you're vaccinated and then even more so when you have the booster shot. So no, I don't have too much of a problem with it. If all of what I have read is in fact true, right? If we get two months from now and, and it's not that way, right. And it's like, Oh, it just took, you know, instead of two weeks, it took five weeks before everybody started dying from it. Then you look back and say, Ooh, we kind of screwed that one up. But from what I know now, yeah, I don't have too much of a problem with it because if you're telling me that hey, you're vaccinated and boosted and and you're not going, your chances of getting sick or dying from this are so small, then no, I don't have a big problem with it. The the only issue is that there are still a big portion of people that are unvaccinated in this country, and right. a they're at a much higher risk. But b, even though a lot of them will argue it's my choice to be at that risk, b, if they're more likely to be in the hospital, it's more likely your hospitals get overrun and then that's one of the biggest issues with COVID across the globe the last two years is yeah. when hospitals get overrun people who don't have COVID who need break cancer their leg treatment or yeah it's much harder for them to get the treatment in a right. well-timed manner right. so yes there's still some hesitation as to why it shouldn't be uh cut down but I I understand it from the standpoint okay. of right. hey I I'm not gonna kind of go hard in either way. I just don't want to know what you think because in the last few days, there's been a lot of cutting back on quarantines right. and players coming back sooner negative tests. And it appears like, I'm not I'm not saying they're trying to force it, but it appears they're relaxing a little on some of these protocols that if you're vaccinated, and I think most of the NBA is vaccinated. Yeah. it's it, You're right, though. Like, logically, if you just said, hey, there's been another spike in positive tests, you would think protocols would get more strict not right looser that would be the assumption hey there's there's a sudden spike we're gonna stricten we're gonna make things more strict again but we've gone the opposite way and made them loose but i i do think it's based on the idea that this is less dangerous because so many more people are vaccinated right. and or boosted oh, next question standing in your corner next question <laughs> speaking of vaccinated <laughs> the grizzlies beat the suns 114-113 last night. John ja Morant hit the game winner with half a second left. I wish I had watched this instead of Dolphins and Saints. Oh, the Are only you... good player on my fantasy team, John ja Morant. 
I thought you were going to say Ian Book. <laughs> no, no, I, I got John Morant and Carmelo Anthony playing big minutes for me. Are you saying you didn't like Ian Book's de- debut? I mean, it was funny. Yes. For like 30 minutes, and then it was like, wow, this is on for a few more hours. Uh, yeah, I wish I had watched John Morant and the Grizzlies play the Suns, because John Morant, he's he's up there pretty high on the fun to watch list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, like, my God. We should, absolutely we should officially is. do that at some point. Yes, Jared, absolutely. when football season's over, remind us. We're going to do a fun, fun to watch list. NBA list. Okay. All right. Because John Moran, I mean, he's going to be pretty high on that there. list. That's a great, great question. All right. Greg Monroe became the 541st player to play in an NBA game this season. That is an NBA record, and it's only December. He played for the Timberwolves last night, who beat the Celtics. He had 11 and 9 in 25 minutes, but the best was his <laughs> quote afterwards. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Jalen Noel played awesome tonight. I didn't know who he was. I think he played awesome, but that was my first time seeing him. <laughs> so Greg Monroe didn't know the name of his teammates last I night. I didn't know Greg Monroe was. Got to win. I, I didn't know. Okay, so I remember when the Bucks gave Greg Monroe a contract and me being like, we got Greg Monroe. This is our year. I was a very dumb person. <laughs> But I didn't know he was I had been out of the league for as long as he had. All right. Uh, Jerry got the guy's name right. Just so you know, he's been playing in the G League this year before this. Oh. I did not know. I did not know that. Um, also, oh, wait, I should give you this detail. He's only 31. Um, <laughs> he's only 31? Yeah, Greg Monroe's only 31. He's only 31. So the Bucks offered him That's, his first big contract. I was yeah. going to say, this story just got worse. <laughs> I wanted 31. him to be like 39, like no. some of these other dudes they're bringing in. He's only 31. Well, um, except that 31 for a player is like, he's played a lot of minutes. True. A lot of tread on those tires. <laughs> but he's been in the G League, and I just learned this. He's been playing in the G League for the Capital City Go-Go. What? Okay. That's the name of a G League team. Who? Can we, could which, we? which Capital City? They are the Wizards affiliate, so I'm guessing DC, but okay. I'm not. I can't see where they're actually from. So, okay, based on these names, could we just get together and be like, yeah, these are the Las Vegas press boxes? Like, just like put together a G League team because it seems like there's no rhyme or reason to where G League teams play or their naming. You're going to have to help me out with this, but the team name alludes to Go Go Music. Yeah. That started in the mid 60s and late 70s and was local to Washington, D.C. You don't know what to. All right. Google Go Go Dancer while I hit the next button. Next question. I got I to gotta read the next question. Oh, okay. Well, Ed, Ed, you know what Go Go Dancers are. Just with your um, actions there, I do now. Uh, yes, yes, I remembered what it was, but I mean, it, it you right there, it looked like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, they're kind of. I mean, it's similar. It's more Austin Powers than uh, well. Yeah, it's just more Austin Powers. But, Do you know who Austin Powers is? Yeah, Google Image Search just gives me a bunch of male strippers. <laughs> well, that's well, a, all right. That's a so, different so, kind so, from the yeah, 1970s. I will say Google does sort of like learn your tendencies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh score one. Next question. <laughs> Matt Nagy assumes he won't be fired. Why? Before the end of the season. Oh. He thinks he's going to be allowed to coach the last two games. Hey, he just won a game with Nick Foles. He did. Um, so does he know he's getting yeah, he's, fired? He's Is that what that means? When you say, I think I'll...
Coach, the last few, I think he knows he's uh, he's going to be bounced here real short. <laughs> he's operating in the assumption he'll coach the final two games of the season. Everyone knows they're going to get fired except uh, Vic Fangio. Well, Vic Fangio and um, names escape me, Mike uh, Zimmer. Oh, because Zimmer, Zimmer was asked last. Fired? Well, no, but he was asked. I don't know. Last week he was asked about being on the hot seat. He's like I'm on the hot seat. Didn't know that. <laughs> They're not out of the playoff picture yet. No. They kind of need to true. beat Green Bay this week well, to have a shot. Right. But they're not out of the playoff picture yet. And by the way, listen, they already beat Green Bay once. And Green Bay plays every game now recently within like two points of the opponent. Right. So Kirk Cousins might just need to make one throw in the fourth quarter and they might win. Keep those playoff hopes alive. Yeah. Mike Zimmer. I don't know. It's like not like the Vikings are complete Been there a while. fire. But yeah, he has. they haven't really done no. much. It's not like it's not an obvious one where it's like, yeah, you've been, I've been a four win team for the last. They're kind four of in years. that purgatory of they're kind of like the same, and but not doing anything, not moving forward, right? And so that wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't shock if they moved yeah, on. From they're it. in a similar spot as the Raiders, where they have yeah. a good, not great quarterback. Right. They are in a division with a superstar quarterback and a team that's been good for a while now and six seasons in a row. Yeah, and. They're a 500 team at the yeah. end of the day, which is maybe you win a close game here or there and you sneak into the playoffs, but that's kind of it for Minnesota. Was it the, it was Case Keenum, right? That was the last time that that team was like relevant. Was Case Keenum was their quarterback? Was he, it, wasn't Kirk Cousins the quarterback when they beat the Saints on the, the last play of the game? I thought it was Case Keenum. Oh. But, I mean, I genuinely, for some reason, associate Case Keenum with like big plays that are, some somehow the next game rendered meaningless. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Case Keenum. Yes, you are correct. I just I I don't know. I just am like you guys were a Case Keenum away. Yeah. You, then you got this Kirk bum in here. Get him out of there. Case Keenum because Teddy Bridgewater was hurt. Well, isn't he always? Yeah, that's probably fair. Man, you know that's a great question. Nevada is going to play Kansas oh. in basketball tomorrow. Kansas was supposed to play Harvard. That game got, uh, or Harvard had to pull out because of COVID. So Kansas looking for a replacement. And they found a Mountain West team in Nevada. Kansas currently a top 10 team in the country. I think the expectations that Nevada actually wins or is competitive is very, very low. But as a conference... Nevada were to pull off an upset here, that could go quite a ways for yeah. getting an extra I mean, team in. I mean, I think you agree. It's an easy decision for Nevada. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you I, go I, and you're supposed to lose it. If you win, it's, it's it's huge. And I have to imagine they're getting paid. Uh, oh, yeah. They're getting a check for this. Seven figures? Get they getting a million dollars for a schedule on the fly? Or are they getting half a million? I think millions more football, right? Yeah, usually. They're getting a lot of money, though. Are they these, getting... buy, these buy games. Well, the buy budget. I'm pretty sure are... Kansas gets paid a million dollars when you say, play them on football. The buy budgets for Power Fives are a lot more. Then, you know, groupifies. I mean, you know, sometimes UNLV can pay someone 30 grand to come in and beat them. Maybe, maybe it was really low because maybe there were a bunch of teams that wanted to play Kansas. Maybe, can't, maybe it was like Kansas, Kansas just negotiated. Yeah. Kansas said, well, was like, listen, we got Nevada. We also got this team. Who from the wants Mac, a good loss? Right. We got this you team get from the American. Grand. Yeah. So it might be really low because teams are like, how low will you go, Nevada? Right. And they're like, well, we weren't going to give Jay Norvell 50 more bucks. So we'll do it for $25. <laughs> Sounds great. Let's do it. All right, coming up next, how much more bad football can we watch? I don't want a coach to, you know, tap me on the ass. Like, you hit somebody on the butt right now. You're not giving them corona through their butt. 
We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we've got tickets to go see the Golden Knights. Stay tuned for that. Um, shout out to Damon, by the way, producer over at Raider Nation Radio. He tweeted us the video that I referenced yesterday of Byron Leftwich when he was playing in college. Yeah. Getting carried down the field after completing like a 50-yard pass. I'm going to give him a shout out and wondering why he's up this early listening to the show given he works <laughs> when is his first show of the day when, when does i know demond does the afternoon show i get that sometimes he does uh clay show so okay. like right, he's, so he's up he's up also i don't know okay. you you've met demond his yes like he he's on that willy he's on that willy steam yes. where he uh you know well, he, he goes and lifts heavy <laughs> objects in the morning now I'm worried that Demond is doing Clay show, but listening to us. Yeah, might because be, Clay might be. is probably like, "What the hell is going on?" So, but yes, it's a play from like the mid 2000s. Byron Leftwich was hurt, completes a pass down the field, and his teammates picked it's him up. Beautiful lineman picked him up and yes. carried him down the field. And we still don't know if they got it done, right? No clue. They were down by like multiple scores in the oh, fourth okay, quarter, right. so they probably, probably lost. Probably but right. still a great image. Now, by the way, there's another thing that I've that I, I can't get over. The Bears beat the Seahawks on a two-point conversion uh, in the last 90 seconds right. of that game. And uh, Demir Bird. Saved Matt Nagy's job. Yeah, saved it for a week. <laughs> Demir Bird was the receiver. He jumps up, catches it. Two Seahawks try to tackle him, but he gets his feet down inbounds. What I can't get over is the more I see that highlight, the Seahawks defenders could have just caught him and walked him out of the back Walk, of the end exactly. zone and then set him down. Right. And it would have been an incompletion. But instead, they tried to tackle him and literally helped him go down to the ground to get his feet down. I can't get over that. Like, it would have been the funniest play I think I've ever seen if they had just suspended him in midair after he jumped to catch it and walked him out of the back of the end zone. Would have been phenomenal if that had happened. It genuinely is one of my favorite things ever is whatever. Oh, that'll be a touch. Nope, they pushed him out. Like, in midair, he's, he's up. He's got the ball. Push. But I'm not even saying push. I mean, no, no, like literally him. catch him yes. and just be like a, so, like a ballet pose. Here's my hypothetical. Go to the other end zone. Let's say you're on your own one yard line. If a guy has to jump to catch a ball, like inside the five, pick him up and can take you pick him up, walk him into the end zone and set no, him down. That, and that's a safety. I think forward progress. How can it be forward progress? It's not a catch until your feet are down. Mm, yeah, actually, oh, you have not completed a catch until your feet are down. Have so you made it? Well, well, have you made a football move? What if you make a football move in midair? No, it, it's like two, turning, it's, it's turning around and, and, and looking forward, move, isn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. In order to be a catch, it's a step and a football right, move. Step. So I, that's a safety, I think. If he's out of the back of the end zone. No, no, no. If you carry him out of the back of the end zone, it's going to be incomplete because his feet never came down. He never completed the catch. But if you pick him up, carry him to the end zone, and set him down <laughs> in the end zone. I know this is like a little baby, but you set him down in the end zone. He's in his feet. He's just flailing. Right. <laughs> feet and ar- his feet is flailing. His arms That's the same. The, the coach ball. is on the side like going, just drop the ball. Right. Just drop it. Because if you drop it, it's an incompletion. And this, if I if I understand this all right, if you just drop it, it's an incompletion. I'm, I'm True. almost certain this is what happened here. Yeah. See, okay, because here's the thing. Demir Bird... The guy who caught the pass for the Bears is 5'9". Oh, they could have easily moved right. him. Right. This yeah, is a guy absolutely. that you could carry. Yeah, you could actually carry around. Him. Right. I think like that a rag might, doll. I think that might be one of their like workouts is to carry around like 200 <laughs> pounds uh, around their chest and just walk. This is just, you know, I the more I see that, I'm like, they could have just carried this guy out of the back of the end zone. I was like, you could also get a safety out of this if you did it on the other side of the field. 
I just it would have been it would have been great if you just carry a small hey, receiver around. Pete Carroll says there's nothing wrong with the Seahawks. They know what they're doing. They've won five games. They need to all come back. They he, you know he says it's set up. Everything's fine. So other than carrying people out of the end zone, they're perfectly they're perfectly fine according to Pete. The Seahawks are fine. Oh boy, that's what he said afterwards. Well, maybe someone asked him if he's on the hot seat. Well, I mean, if Pete Carroll becomes available. The I think this got, is I think this is the got, same Mike Toblin. We've got situation. Mike Toblin and Pete Carroll, and if either are available, and the Raiders don't hire either one of them, then they. I think the Cowboys failed. fire Mike McCarthy and bring in <laughs> one of those two immediately. All right, the Seahawks are five and ten in the NFC. That makes them that that gives them the same record as the Bears and the Panthers, and the only NFC teams with a worse record are the Lions and the Giants. Yeah. The Seahawks. How? Suck. How terrible. pissed off do you have to be if you're a Panthers fan and you're looking at the Washington football team with your old coach being functional with something called a Heineke? I don't know about functional. Okay. They just <laughs> lost by like 100 They're points. not. Okay, but they're not out there going, we don't know which quarterback we're going to start. Yes, hands. They lost by 100 <laughs> points. I don't know if that counts as functional. It probably shouldn't count as functional. I mean, they did. they did literally... Lose in a way where a defensive player for the Cowboys get to like set down next to the quarterback and like just look at him in the eyes like hello. Um, did you see the stat about Notre Dame quarterbacks okay. last night? I'm glad you said that because I know it's down the list here of, of stories we're going to cover. That's an amazing, amazing stat. So Mike Triplett tweeted it out. Last time a Notre Dame quarterback won an NFL game was Brady Quinn. Former chief. In 2012. 24 straight losses yep. by Notre Dame quarterbacks who start an NFL game. Which sounds it's almost impossible. impossible. Because it's just, it sounds impossible. How yeah. can that happen? And it's they like keep making the college football playoff. Deshaun Kaiser is responsible for like 12 of those or something. So he's the, the, the big leader in the clubhouse. There. But, yeah, it seems impossible to have one school and a school that's, like, decent. I mean, they produce NFL players. They win games. Do they produce NFL players? Like not, offensive linemen. Not quarterbacks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they do. They, I mean, they, they, they produce quarterbacks, they produce, apparently. They're not, obviously not quarterbacks. Yeah. They, produce line, they produce some NFL players. And so Ian Book finished last night 12 of 20 for 60 yards. Nice. Solid. Through two picks, including a pick six on his second pass in the NFL. Um, my, which, here's my question. Is that really the best just like a random quarterback can do? Like a guy who never plays? Like, but he, like he played Power 5 football. Right. He played college football. He was it, he was good at Notre Dame. Right. He was. Like that's the best he can do? Because I feel like that's the stat line. If we make fun of like Johnny Stanton because it's he was a former UNLV right. quarterback that's playing fullback, that's playing right? fullback in the league now. Johnny Stanton could do that, Wait, right? Well, oh, absolutely. Hold on, he wait. could absolutely throw a pick six with the best of them. <laughs> hold on, There's hold no on, hold on, hold on. Who was the the, um, the Broncos wide receiver who had Kendall to play? Hinton. What was his yeah. stat line? He did not throw it 20 times. Oh, I know he I did mean, not throw it 20 well, times. Well, this guy at least showed up at, with, the, with comma QB next to his name, not comma WR slash emergency QB. This guy, Kendall Hinton, there's no way he threw it 20. I think they gave like whoever their running back at the time was like a hundred carries in that game. Uh, he threw it nine times, completed one of them for 13 yards and threw two picks, just like Ian book. So this guy, I mean, so on pace to be worse. Yeah. Like yeah. you're almost, yeah, you were better than the backup uh, wide receiver. We had play quarterback, but like, like in all seriousness, 
Johnny Stanton w- could go he 12 could of go 20, 12 for 20 for 60, 60 yards. Yeah, he could do that. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he might do better. Could he, might, he would Kamara, add rushing yards. Right, could Alvin true. Kamara have gone 12 of 20 for 60 yards? Uh... I'm gonna all right. I'm gonna I'm go look sure. up. I'm gonna go look up Walter Payton's because that, there were times where Mike Ditka would get so pissed off at his quarterback he would just have Walter Payton play the second half as the quarterback. I almost think he has a like, he has a game that was where Rival he threw that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ladanian Tomlinson career eight of twelve for 143 yards and seven touchdowns. <laughs> no, yeah, as a passer. He completed eight and seven were for scores. Yeah. He had three passing touchdowns in one season. I don't remember that. And I was in that and I was in that town watching him. That's amazing. I don't yeah. remember that at all. What was I doing? I'm just I'm just amazed how bad a backup quarterback in nineteen eighty well, four string quarterback. Fourth string. All right. In nineteen eighty five, Walter Payton went three for five for um for ninety six yards and a touchdown. I'm telling like can't be that bad. Like, there's that's got to be better than that, right? Like Ian Book, I know we're like Ian Book deserves somewhat of a pass because yeah, whatever. You got thrown into this, you're a four stringer. Right. But like, twelve of twenty for sixty yards is horrible. Like seriously, Alvin Kamara could have done that. I believe that. Here's really? one thing, by the way. Like the second drive of the game last night, Brandy comes down and she's like, "Is there just football on every bleeping day?" <laughs> <laughs> No, Brandy, not on Christmas. That's right. We didn't have it on, not Christmas, on Christmas Eve. You did not Don't have it on Christmas. Don't you remember Christmas Eve, me not having any sports to watch? <laughs> she did enjoy. Her favorite part of the game last night was seeing that there was a guy named Waddle and learning <laughs> that he celebrates by waddling like a penguin. She did enjoy that. But she's very annoyed with how many football games there have been on TV the last. I mean, you go back since we had Tuesday games, Tuesday football, nothing on Wednesday, Thursday football, nothing on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Right. So two in the last, what is that? Six, seven days that right. there hasn't been football. I mean, but I'm also, I mean, I'm a proponent of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, let's just put football in sure, every single day absolutely. of the week. Figure out these, you got a second bye week now. Yeah. Come on, figure it out. But so she doesn't like football and she doesn't like baseball. Uh, she thinks baseball is very boring. She doesn't, she doesn't mind going to like, if she goes to a football game, she doesn't like, if she's in person, she'll enjoy a football game, but she's like, just on TV. No. What about soccer? Yeah. She likes soccer. Yeah. Soccer and basketball are two favorites. Yeah. And hockey. I went to a hockey game with her. So she'll watch a golden Knights game. Yep. Mm -hmm. She's, she's not, she doesn't like to watch a lot of sports on TV. Like she's, she enjoys the live entertainment aspect of sports, but like on TV, like she's not like a diehard fan. That's going to sit down and watch the golden Knights on TV very often. I think the last time I hugged a stranger was, I was at a, I was at a VGK game with your girlfriend. (laughs) I feel like you still hug strangers every day. Yeah, I'm just out here just being like, get the COVID all over my face. That's what it's like. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Well, yeah, what I, what I got from Chris today is I think he had um, – he didn't cough. He, when he was coughed, he felt like he was bothering a little bit. So what they ended up finding out was a rib. And uh, as of today, he, he's been fine. You know, he's been cleared to practice and, and all those things. So it, I know it came out as a chest contusion early. I think from talking to those guys today, it's a little bit more of a rib. Um, got banged in the rib and kind of – he felt like he struggled to cough a little bit. And so we told him not to cough. And uh, hopefully he'll um, – He'll be better as we go, but as of right now, he, he's good to go. And my body, um, I never lied to you, so I'll tell you, I just don't feel good. <laughs> 
We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts and find his work at 4TheWin. Charles, how much of Ian Book did you watch last night? Um, five minutes, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the pick maybe. six? Uh, I was like, I was gonna watch the game for a little bit, and I turned it on. Uh, I think after the first drive, I started to fall asleep, and then I woke up to a text from my friends asking me if I wanted to play Call of Duty. So I turned the game off immediately and hopped on there. <laughs> uh, I, I was like following it on uh, the ESPN like live stats, and I was like, I just don't need to see any of this. So uh, I did see that the, uh, the the Saints got down to like their eighth offensive tackle for the season. I didn't even know the teams had that many. So, you know, it's a very, very good season that we're putting together here. It definitely feels like these games matter. All right, so Tyler asked this question before you came on in terms of random quarterbacks. He was four-string. How how many players do you think offensively, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, could go 12 of 20 for 60 yards and two picks? I mean, he, he mentioned, like, um, Alvin Kamara, and he gave out LaDainian Tomlinson, who threw eight passes and seven touchdowns. Like, how... I guess easier difficult is it to play like Ian Book last night? I, I mean, I imagine it can't be that hard because I mean, just think about a guy like Muhammad Sanu. Like he can come in and do something better than that. Like I've seen him throw passes for uh, the Falcons. Like I've seen him evade a pressure and throw a deep bomb to Julio Jones. So look, if I know for a fact that there are skill players that could put together a game like they had yesterday, and I mean, shoot, the, the I mean, not the Dolphins, the Broncos last year they had a game where. Uh, against the Saints, where they had a receiver and a quarterback, and I think they scored the, exact, the same amount of points that Ian Book did. So, uh, I mean, I didn't see any of last night's performance, but just like talking to my friends and scrolling through the box scores and, uh, you know, looking at, um, at quote-unquote highlights on Twitter, uh, I, I got the gist that he's probably not ready for the NFL, and uh, I'm not sure he ever really really will be. I mean, I, I watched him at Notre Dame, and I, I never thought that that was like, an NFL prospect, and then he got picked in the fourth round. And, you know, I, I thought the funny thing about Ian Book was, like, you got a sense of how the Saints felt about him last week when it came out that they were calling Drew Brees and Philip Rivers to come out in half a week and play in a Monday night football game. So, uh, you know, you call him the, the Saints' fourth-string quarterback, but it seems like they view him more as, like, the sixth or seventh-string quarterback based on the <laughs> options that they try to get. Uh, Charles, are any of the rookie quarterbacks – good like do you think any of them are going to be I, are they even going to be better than Kirk Cousins in their career yeah I'm 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 bigly in on Justin Fields like I think that I, I think that he to me I think he's been like if, if I had to like pick one rookie quarterback to hit superstardom I think Fields would be my answer as of now just because like we haven't seen Trey Lance play uh I don't think that Zach Wilson has done really anything impressive this year and Trevor Lawrence is you know, he has his moments where he looks like, oh, there's that number one pick guy, but uh, there's been a lot of bad moments for him. But just for me, with Justin Fields, like, I know that the points haven't always been there. Um, like, you just go look at that <laughs> that game against Minnesota last week where he drives down the field, like, <laughs> every single drive and get absolutely nothing out of it. Like, the points aren't always there, but uh, I, to me, I see enough where he's done, you know, elevating a pretty crappy supporting cast that's been hurt with injuries and with coaching uh, all throughout the year. So, you know, I wouldn't say that any of these guys have had a really great year. I guess Mac Jones was like statistically had the best, but I think if you put these guys in 
Mac Jones situations, they would all look like pretty similar. But to me, just when I look at like the heavy lifting that Justin Fields has done, uh, the accuracy, like just how more com- like how comfortable he's gotten as the season goes on goes along, he'd be my pick to be uh, the guy to hit superstar. I mean, I think it's kind of funny that he was what the fourth quarterback selected, and uh, I'm I'm surprised that the Bears have like a promising quarterback talent for real, but. Uh, this doesn't feel like Mitch Trubisky to me. It feels like something a little bit more established. Who's the second best team besides Kansas City and the AFC? Because we saw what Buffalo did, Cincinnati did, Tennessee, Colts have won three straight. It's a weekly thing with us on who's the best in the AFC. But if the Chiefs are the best, who's the next best team? Man, I still, I still really do like Buffalo. Uh, to me, like when I look at Buffalo's season, I think that they just, you know, it, it, it's like the, the you start realizing like how how close a lot of these games are like where it comes down to like a play or you know a wild weather circumstance can kind of flip your season around but like you go back to that game that they had against the titans uh earlier in the season and you know if josh allen moves like one inch to the left or they get like a slightly better block on uh that quarterback sneak to end the game then you know we're talking about a bill team that's probably higher in the ac standings you have that game against uh the first game against the patriots where you know that's that was barely even a real football game, and I, I hate people who say that this is what football weather is supposed to be because it's not. I paid to see the best players at the best, and that was not that at all. Uh, so you know, I think that the Bills like this is really good. When you look at their defensive metrics, it's really strong. Uh, they're having a great year when it comes to uh, forcing turnovers. Like I think the only thing that they really need, I guess, is kind of like run game on both sides of the ball can use a little bit of shoring up. But even then, like that's not a real weakness for their defense uh, I, I guess like my biggest issue with the bills is you know i think on offense they're a little bit too reliant on josh allen i think that sometimes we forget that he still is a young quarterback he's still growing into uh his potential way he can be in this league but uh when i look at the bills like i see a ferocious defense one that's going to get turnovers one that's still been able to get turnovers and play effective pass defense without trey white uh and you know if josh allen can play like he did against the patriots where he basically just took over that entire game like i don't even know if Brian Dabble helping that much, but if you're going to get that performance out of Josh Allen, and I think that the Bills are kind of a safe safe bet to go on a little run here in the playoffs, uh, unless you know they can't win the division because we all know how much that home game matters. Uh, why is Carson Wentz better than Dak Prescott? Well, <laughs> he's not. <laughs> it's uh, it's very bad that it, you know we're seeing touchdown to interception, uh, you know, ratio analysis because you know you can do that with a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, it's, 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 like I think Carson Wentz has had, uh, he's gotten a lot better as the season's gone along. He's obviously not paying, playing nearly as poorly as last year, um, where, you know, he looked like he was about to be out of the league in a few years. But, you know, I, I think it's just kind of silly. Oh, look at how many touchdown passes Carson Wentz has thrown in. We just watched him win a game like two weeks ago where he completed five passes. So, like, we all, we know that, <laughs> that you know, I, I think it's interesting that, in the past, you know, people will say that Dak Prescott's not the driving force of the Cowboys' offense when you look at Ezekiel Elliott. But, you know, it basically, since the first day that Dak Prescott stepped foot in the league, he's been putting up, like, top-ten quarterback numbers. Uh, I think we can say pretty confidently with this year that uh, Carson Wentz is not the driving force of the Colts' offense. Uh, they don't really – they really have been asked to do all that much in recent weeks. Uh, and, you know, I, I think if any running back had a case for – MVP uh, since Adrian Peterson. I think that Jonathan Taylor probably has the most convincing case we've seen in the last decade or so. Do you foresee any chance there's a uh, way from Mike Tomlin or Pete Carroll, some of these guys, to say 
the welcome has been worn out and they would be available for the one and only Las Vegas Raiders? <laughs> um, I, 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 I think I don't think that Tom is going anywhere in Pittsburgh. That just doesn't really seem how they do business. And quite frankly, the fact that this Pittsburgh Steelers team is like seven, seven and one, I think, is fairly amazing because I think they're one of the worst teams uh, in the league. Like even the defense has not been up to par uh, this year. We know the offense is bad, so the fact that they're like still knocking the door in the playoffs is quite frankly a miracle. Like it's kind of like what the Falcons are doing on the in the NFC side. Uh, but I don't think Tom's going to go anywhere. But I I wouldn't be surprised if you know the Seahawks looked at this and they said, all right, you know we've just gotten to a point with Carol Snyder, uh, Josh Snyder, the the GM, Russell Wilson, where maybe it's just best for us to break this up entirely or break this off into a few pieces. And you know I, I personally like I think Pete Carroll's a damn good head coach. Where mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of it has gotten, I mean. I, I think he's got a lot of unfair swag. Like, I know that he can be a little bit heavy when it comes to uh, running the ball, but I think one, is, one positive thing for Pete is, like, no matter really how the season goes along, like whether they start bad on defense or what have you, they seem to figure it out at some point during the year as personnel has changed uh, throughout the years, you know, going from the Legion of Boom to what they have now with Jamal Adams. And, uh, like, you still have leftovers like Bobby Wagner and stuff like that, but... Uh, I do think that Pete Carroll gets kind of, you know, a lot of unnecessary flack for uh, some of the things that have gone in Seattle. And I think if he were to get, you know, if he were the guy to lose his job uh, with what's going on with the Seahawks right now, I think that he would be a great pickup for any team that's just kind of trying to get back in the right direction like the Raiders are. Like you already have enough pieces. You know what Pete Carroll can do when he has some pieces. He can get some winning football together. Uh, I, I don't really think that that would be a bad fit at all. Which team that is still technically alive for the playoffs is worse Steelers or Falcons um I'm gonna go with the Steelers just because I I personally I don't think that this is me being like you know having my Falcons fans sunglasses on but I I, I just think that Matt Ryan is a lot better than Ben Roethlisberger uh at this point in their careers like I know that Matt Ryan might not be you know the guy he was in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 but I I watch the games this year and I think that if they had like a supporting cast that didn't belong in the XFL outside of Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson uh, they would be looking uh, a lot better just based on how he's played like, I, I think he is basically the only reason that they have seven wins on the season because uh, outside of him I think this is closer to like a two or three run roster like that's really uh, how bad they are when you look at their point differential and they're down there with the Lions and the Jets and the Jaguars and the Giants I think you see the real quality of the team uh, so the fact that they're here with, you know, a quote-unquote chance to make the playoffs, like they have to beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday for that to happen, which uh, I think that it'd be a, there's a better chance that that game ends 45 to nothing than it does with the Falcons win. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that Matt Ryan, uh, just Matt Ryan's presence over Big Ben uh, will maybe take the Falcons over the Steelers. Well, he is Charles McDonald from For the Win. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at 4 Charles, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Charles. All right. Thanks. See you. Take care. I love when he argues with people on Twitter and then I ask him about it. Like he's been arguing about the Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott thing, how he can't believe people still think Carson Wentz is better than Dak Dak Prescott. Prescott. Yeah. Which is good point, but you know, just needle him a little bit. All right, here we go. Golden Knights tickets. They play the Predators, hopefully on January 4th. (laughs) 
And we've got a pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100 if you want to go see the Golden Knights and Predators on January 4th. We'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. That's 702-364-1100. There is a silent terror in baseball, one which has never come to pass in the real world. It's the Press Box with Brady Bishop on ESPN Las Vegas. The terror is this. There's no guarantee that a baseball game will ever end. There's no clock. It's absolutely possible for a pitcher to be so ineffective that outs are never reported and the game marches on, locked in a death spiral until the end of time. Congratulations to Trevor. He won a pair of tickets to go see the Golden Knights game against the Predators on January 4th. Next hour... We'll have tickets to go see David Lee Roth at the House of Blues here in Las Vegas. Um, tomorrow we're going to play a game. Jerry? Yes. Okay. Tomorrow Should we're going to play. I still refrain from looking up who David Lee Roth is. I would. I'm aware he's a musician. That's that's. I've got that much down. Because he's playing the House of Blues. Is yes. That... Yes. Are we going to be playing songs? Or are we going to be? Playing... I've got. Uh, we're going to be. So Thursday the game will be. Thursday, okay. Thursday will. Yes, I know. Okay. Thursday, the game will be our traditional. Is this Van Halen or the Who? Which one of those is he in? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And tomorrow will be. Is this David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? All right. Don't know who Sammy Hagar is. I'm guessing he's not in either Van Halen or the Who anymore because he's by himself at the House of Blues. Well, it's of, hard to be in Van Halen yes, right now, yes. considering uh, the, the yeah, kind of. He's sort of in his own band now. <laughs> what happened? Did they not all die? Was there some tragic accident I didn't see? Well, I don't want to kill Eddie Van Halen. I just know that he was dealing with some health issues. Oh, okay, all right, all right, that's fine. I don't want to. I don't want to declare him dead on the air. I'm about to Google whether he's alive or not. Okay. I have a I have a very important question for you, Ed. Did you see the video of the Bills returning to the airport after beating the he Patriots? He died October 6th, 2020. Good job. Did you see the video of the Bills and Josh Allen? I don't know Allen why I said that so happy. Returning to the airport <laughs> in Buffalo after beating the Patriots. I did not, but I've read enough to know there were actual people there. Hundreds. Of Bills fans lined oh, up the around Buffalo the airport. Fence. Yeah, it doesn't. That doesn't surprise me. Given the Buffalo, anchor grill, the, the anchor grill was closed, so they yeah. all had to go to the airport to drink. Okay, I think it's pretty sad because a it's a regular season game, but b the Bills won the division last year mm-hmm. and swept the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Like I could understand the idea of oh, the Patriots have been the big the boogeyman in the AFC East and, Oh, we finally beat them like all that. But, but they did that last year. Like they didn't, it wasn't like, Oh, it's the first time they've beaten them in so many years or oh, the first time they, they won the division last year while sweeping them. So I'm a little bit lost there as to why they were celebrating. Like they won the Super Bowl, waiting for Josh Allen to come back at the airport. I think Jared's not far off. I think they were drunk. (laughs) (laughs) and they said said, let's get uh let's get over to the airport as fast as possible okay raiders pull off a big win in kansas city is anybody at the airport here oh harry (laughs) reed 
he's there forever now. Um, no, I don't think they are. Yeah. I don't even know if they'd know where the plane landed. I, I the, wouldn't where either. The, where the charter, yeah. where the charters land over there. They, no, they actually, they actually land at the uh, North Las Vegas Municipal. <laughs> Wait a minute, real question. I, I don't. Real question. Do they fly out of the Henderson Airport? They're literally right next to it. I mean, they're chartered, so I assume they can fly out anywhere they want. Yeah. That would make a lot more sense. I mean, they're they're literally right next to the Henderson I mean, Airport. I did enjoy that they had to get on buses, and someone had to be yes. like, stand down stand from the down. bus. <laughs> Still don't know who said the word stand down, but I'm waiting to hear about that. So what's worse? Bills win a regular season game over the Patriots, a team they had beaten twice the year before, and their fans wait for them at the airport to celebrate. Or... Raiders take a victory lap around Arrowhead after beating the Chiefs last year. What's worse? Yeah. Well, given it's the Bills fans and how incredibly insane they are about their team, I'd say the victory lap is because it's kind of buffoonery where you're not. I mean, when I read that 100, here's the thing. When I read that hundreds showed up, like I didn't even blink. Like I, given how Zubas. Yeah, I, given how insane their fans are about that team, like that made sense to me where Johnny Gruden said one more time around was sort of weird. How many fan bases have hundreds of people after a regular season win at the airport? Who would show up? Yeah, at the airport. Oh. Would the Packers? No, because they win too much. And yeah, I was going to say the not... Cowboys, but the Cowboys fan are, are so arrogant, I don't think they would either. I think the Bills are... I just have a hard time thinking few. of other fan bases that would have done that. It's like a college thing to do. Yeah.